Welcome to episode 125 of the CGM Podcast. I'm joined by Wayne and Phil is back from TIFF. I am. In fact, I want to make a statement. Um, contrary to what was said last week, I was not standing on street corners looking for celebrities. Um, I, I really Do don't appreciate the fact that when I go away for a couple of weeks, my good friends at the podcast feel the need talk about me behind my back in disparaging and horrible ways. It wasn't horrible. That I would never dare. That I would never dare to suggest any of you guys were you to happen to miss a week. And, uh, yeah, just, just um, you know, just puts things in a different perspective. That's what happens when you're gone for too long. Well, I'm just, uh, but uh, we had a better relationship than we apparently did. Well, so apparently you were sitting in cafes looking for celebrities. No, there was no All celebrity right. gawking, believe okay. it or not. I was enjoying the art of cinema. Did you actually see any celebrities? I did, actually, yeah. I see, there you go. People. But I wasn't, I wasn't gawking at them. You don't have to gawk, you can just see. Yeah, but that wasn't what was implied. You're not one of those people that tells people that they are who they are, are you? No, of course You okay. mean like walk up to... Yeah, because, you know, it's like that seems to be the natural reaction with celebrities is that you must tell a person that they are who they are. Or it's like, hey, you're Dustin Hoffman. It's oh, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that Dustin Hoffman would you know be aware that he is in fact Dustin Hoffman exactly. and, this is and does not need to be reminded of the fact that he is in fact Dustin 100%, Hoffman. 100%, and yeah. this is uh, what I would never do despite the fact that it was claimed that I would. So I just wanted to clear well, that up. you could walk up... Smirched, and uh, yeah, that's all there is. We weren't besmirching you. Play that back. It's libelous. I could see Phil. Contact the authorities. You should walk up to people and say that they are not who they are. Mm-hmm. I would really mess with their head. Yeah, I'm sure they'd really appreciate that. That's yeah. probably better than walking up to them and saying, "Hey, you're Dustin Hoffman." What going up to them and just and annoying them straight up rather than annoying yeah. them? Uh, that yeah. would be pretty amazing, though. Going up to Michael Bay and saying, "It's like, oh my god." You're Steven Spielberg. I love what you did in Schindler's See? List. That was amazing. Oh, and then with E.T., you're like one of the greatest filmmakers yeah. ever. Not like that other guy. What's his name? Michael Bay? Something like that. You, just walk away. Steven yeah. Spielberg, yeah. you're amazing. For sure, but I feel like, yeah. I don't think they'd understand the irony. I think they oh, just okay. think you were a crazy person. But okay. I have heard, I did hear a really funny story. Sam Jackson said that one time when he was standing with Lawrence Fishburne, a guy walked up to Lawrence Fishburne and said, oh my God, I loved you in Pulp Fiction. Can I get your autograph? While Sam Jackson was standing right next to him. Yeah. Yep. So he just signed the autograph, Sam Jackson, and passed it off. Yeah. See, that's a great yeah. story. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a great yep. story where he remembered those people, as that person, as a fucking idiot. Yeah. So if you want to be remembered as an idiot. They don't know who you are, though. They're just You're just a random idiot exactly. wearing a hat. Forever to them, you're just an idiot. Do you really care how celebrities remember you, Phil? I prefer they not think of me as an idiot if I have the choice. Yeah, he might care about what Guillermo del Toro thinks of him, though. I do. Me yeah. and Guillermo got along really well. That's the thing is, he wouldn't walk up to him and well, say, that's hey, you're you, Steven Spielberg. You guys Spielberg. are like homies, though, right? You're like two not, peas in a pod. You're just like, you're you know, not homies. Oh, you know, I your bosom buddies homies. and all that. You know, it's like sharing an apartment, dressing as women and all that sort of oh, thing. Oh, God, if only. I just made a Tom Hanks reference over there with that bosom buddies thing. God, if only. If only. But no, we aren't. But he, um,. But yeah, I chose not to embarrass myself in front of him, and it worked out pretty well. Okay. So I'd recommend that for, wait, wait, wait. for other people. Do you ever choose to embarrass yourself in front of somebody? Is that a conscious choice you make sometimes? No, but you guys were suggesting activities that would be voluntarily embarrassing yourself in front of someone. That's what I'm getting at. All right. <laughs> I don't remember what we said last week, so I can't defend it. It's indefensible. Yeah. I've already forgotten what we said last week. Well, so. I mean, you guys really need to start thinking before you talk. Yeah. Think? Psh. Listen, I go, I away, the table, that's I go away for a couple weeks to work, right? And my friends here uh, take advantage of that. It's because we missed you. Well, what a wonderful way to show it. That's how we show love. We hurt the ones we love. Well, you, can, you uh, attract more uh, flies with honey than you do with vinegar. That's all I'm saying. And so this is the cliche podcast. Yeah. So what of the cliche podcast? <laughs> All right. So moving on from Honey the News. You know, a Rolling Stone gathers no moss. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. News, Wayne. Okay. Well, all right, <laughs> the so, look you just gave me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, what? Just like what? No. Oh, it's like, I oh. handed you a paper full of news. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I'm actually going to ignore most of it. But anyway, so <laughs> yeah. So we've got you know the Tokyo Game Show is yes. actually oh, happening right, right, in right. Tokyo. So yeah, there actually is some gaming news coming out of that. Probably the most interesting thing for me personally. So I'm going to make it the number one news thing is mm-hmm. that it was announced that um, Tetsuya Nomura, the guy who was you know, the guy who was responsible for Kingdom Hearts yeah. and the guy who was supposed to be the director for Final Fantasy XV is no longer the director for Final Fantasy XV. Sucker. He's been taken, I still have him on Kingdom Hearts, though, right? He's been taken mm-hmm. off that. And, yeah, I mean, like part of this, <laughs> the excuse is, is that apparently he needs to concentrate on Kingdom Hearts. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so they're letting him dedicate it, you know. But, um, 
Those are two gigantic games to try to be focused yeah, on at once. Yeah, but Final Fantasy fifteen. I mean, like you know, every, everybody is you know still skeptical about this. It's originally, right. it was supposed to be like Final Fantasy versus thirteen, like right. six years ago when it was originally announced, right. and right. it was supposed right. to be like a PS three exclusive, and then none of that happened. And then six years later, they're like, the game's not done yet, but uh, now it's going to be multi platform, and it's going to be called Final Fantasy fifteen now. Right. And now the guy who's been directing it for the last six years is no longer directing it. We're dragging this guy in instead. So it's like, what, what? What is going on here? They also released a new trailer. Dinosaurs! Which has a bunch of Japanese, skinny Japanese pretty boys driving around in a convertible out in the country. Sound very Final Fantasy-like. Yeah, passing by like dinosaurs, like just grazing in the pastures while these guys are having their pretty boy conversation. GTA meets Monster Hunter. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then they, they, they Final Fantasy. Yeah, and then they get out of the cars Intriguing. and they wander onto the field and then they start fighting Sounds the like dinosaurs. A mad TV yeah, and it's like, what? What is happening with this game? What is happening? It's see, just, I think I might actually enjoy this game. Yeah. Mm. So and we'll, we'll, hate we'll it. Yeah, see what's happening. It's because right? I hate. She doesn't like Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. No, I'm on board. I mean, like, I really like them when uh, you know, like, I like Final Fantasy VII along with everyone else, yeah. the Super Nintendo ones, but I, I did kind of. I haven't played them in a long time. I just don't have the uh, attention span and time yeah. for big RPGs. To be anymore. fair, no. like I'm sure they're just as amazing and wonderful no, as no. they once no. were. No, okay, no, well, no. See, Final Fantasy f- 13. It all went downhill. They <laughs> lost me with Final Fantasy 13. Gotcha. To be fair, it's not Final Fantasy that I hate. It's RPGs. Yeah. So it's like I'm not ripping on Final Fantasy as a brand. Yeah. It's just RPGs. So I mean, she doesn't even like like you know Oblivion or Skyrim or Fallout or Zelda 3 or, or anything. Yeah, or or even Zelda. She Whoa. doesn't like Zelda. I don't like Zelda. Zelda. But Zelda's more action based. No, it's walking across. She doesn't lands. like the exploration component of RPGs. Oh, gotcha. Like she just would. Then. Yeah, she just rather yeah, get into the. Play, but you yeah. play Kingdom Hearts. That's the only one I like because it was injected with Disney, and it's pretty. So it was the Disney fan service that got me playing Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, but right. even then she was irritated with the exploration. Whereas yes. for me, it's like yeah. I even play, in the town, yeah. you just have to walk around the town trying. To, and then, oh my god! I'm with you. It's my least favorite part as well. I wish there was. A yeah, see, yeah, that's that's actually my favorite part, oh, which is why I'm actually looking forward to No Man's yeah, Sky whenever like, that comes no. out. Is that's just pure exploration. Right. I like a middle ground of exploring because I couldn't stand Call of Duty because it wouldn't let me wander off a path. Yeah, and yeah. that drove me nuts. Yeah. But I don't want too much exploration. See, so I don't understand why you like GTA, because GTA yeah. is like, here's this whole huge city. I can city run down you're... hookers. Okay, yeah, you yeah. can you do can that. You can blow stuff there's up thing, there's, there's other things. There's, like just, yeah. there's I'd like, I'd like to, to point do. out for the record that it is Melanie, a confirmed female, saying yeah. run down hookers. Yeah, that yeah was, man, I drive That wasn't me being a misogynist. That was her. See, GTA, there's things to do while you explore. Usually in RPGs, I just find that it's a lot of Yeah, there's a lot of prancing across forests. Yeah. They cut out. Yeah. Some of us like that prancing, though. Oh, but, uh, yeah. see? I'm all about the prancing. So. I'm not no. about the prancing. Yeah. I'm about the running over the pedestrians. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nope. Prancing works for me. You did a lot of like, prancing in Red Dead Redemption, and you were prancing on a horse. I mean, it's like, if that's not prancing, then see, I don't like, know what is. I haven't gotten bored with the walking in Borderlands. Wow, really? Yes. Oh, man. There's no, it's like, like, no. oh, my God. Every time I got to a new I'm dungeon in Borderlands, sand. I was like, what's going to be in here? But, but then, also no, with, dungeons are different yeah. than walking across sand. But with Red Dead, because I feel the need to defend this, uh, number one, it was manly and rugged at all times. There was very little prancing. Number two, as soon as you went to one place once, you could work back and forth. Yeah, that was the saving grace of Borderlands and the cars. You only had to do one walk once, and normally there was a fucking kick-ass soundtrack. Yeah, although most RPGs are actually like that these days as well, where they they have a fast travel system where you visit once, and then after that you can instantly teleport. You can't stand the walking. (laughs) (laughs) Just oh yeah, even Dead Island, the walking got to me. Okay, having not played Dead Island, I can't comment. Yeah, it's where you have to abandon cars and you have to walk. Like because in Borderlands mm-hmm. there are certain areas where you have to abandon your vehicle to go out and do what you have to do. Yeah, sometimes right. you have to trek across a really big valley yeah. or something. And I'm totally okay with that. I'm not. I'm fine with it. <laughs> so boring. All right. All right. Okay. More news. Okay. In other news, more TGS news. Um, Hideo Kojima. Oh, that mad bastard. Mm. He showed off what they're calling a concept trailer for, for the PT. new Silent Hill game. It actually says concept you movie. You need PT. to watch yeah, this. Watch this because <laughs> this is yeah. messed up. Really, it is so super exciting. Oh, I so wish I watched it before we did this. I'm so sorry, I, I should have told it. you. No, it's no, no problem, no problem. It's great. Yeah, it's yeah. it's all over the internet. It's easy to find, but oh, yeah, yeah no, you I'll should watch it because it's that is a messed up trailer. Can you describe it? Okay, it's still it's still in first person point of view, just like the PT thing, and it's still 
going through a hallway. Yeah. But now yeah. even more messed up stuff is happening in this hallway. So Amazing. they probably just rearranged some PT assets and yeah. then just threw in really new, like, uh, okay. So it's like um, a ball warp. turns into a head. So it's like the warp kind of Lovecraftian stuff. Yeah. It's, it's some uh, really yeah, big I mean, monster. A, yeah. Exciting. Uh, I would like our audience to weigh in on what they think the little things coming out of the wall is. I think they're leeches. Okay. They could be leeches, they, were they could be slugs, or, they could yeah. be worms, they could be centipedes. I think I saw some legs on them. I'm That's not sure. That's why I think sure. they're leeches. Leeches yeah. felt like kind But of they were just like, literally coming oh, out of the so walls. Excited. It was, oh, man. Yeah, I didn't even know. I would have watched this long At first, though. I thought they were tentacles. Can I download it uh, through the like PlayStation Network in HD? Or uh, you can I probably... You probably will be able to shortly. I cool. mean, you know, because... This was only just announced today, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it might show up on the PlayStation Network like next week. Sweet. But cool and creepy. Yeah, I can't wait. That's but yeah, in the meantime, yeah, just just watch I that. Will. I mean, it's like I will they still aren't explaining anything about the story. And yeah. um, the actor, what's his face? I can't remember Norman his Reedus. name right now. Yeah. yeah, Norman Reedus does not appear in it anywhere. Like I said, yeah, it's yeah. it's pure first person, but um, it's it's definitely like you know more Japanese style horror as opposed to like you know gore or torture porn. So where it's exciting. Just, like, you know, stuff happens. So, good kind of horror. So exciting. And um, yeah, now it. now people are kind of looking at that, going it's like, oh, this is going to be like just absolutely perverse and messed up. That's this is going to be awesome. Sure. So, oh yeah. man, I can't effing wait. Great, great. Well, I'm glad that there's just more of that coming out because I was concerned I was going to play that sweet sweet demo and then hear nothing for like a year and a half. Yeah. Until they were ready to actually show. Well, I mean, now I mean they had to have something for TGS because this is TGS. Oh, of course. Like, but now after this, yeah, it's probably going. To, they're just going to go into radio silence. Yeah. Well, who um, knows how far along they are? Do they talk about that? Yes, they have. Oh, they're not very far no. along at all. No, they I mean, talked about that? Yeah, they, they've talked about it. It's like Koji- Kojima actually said in an interview, right now we're still debating, you know, it's like how much of it should be first person and how much of it should be third or whether it should even be first or third person or a mix of the two. So if they're still in the concept phase, yeah, like that means that, you know, they haven't even started cranking out levels. They're still just trying to what figure out the tease. ratio of gameplay. Yeah. So. So, yeah, it's right. not very far along at all. Okay. What a tease. Yeah, oh, well. It'll come. It'll but, great. yeah, that one is coming. Um, cool. All right. And um, for the guys out there that, like, you know, are totally in love with, like, you know, being punished and, like, you know, just suffering through really massively difficult games, um, Bloodborne, the um, PS4 exclusive, which right. is done by the same guys that did Demon Souls and the Dark Souls games, mm-hmm. that now finally has a release date. So that's coming, like, you know, February Yay. 2014. So, That's a good time for a shut-in to buy a game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like it's it's the middle of winter. Yeah. There's like you know what what are you gonna do? I yeah. like, really, what are you gonna perfect. do? Shut-in so, without girlfriend. Yeah, that's perfect mm-hmm. timing. So yeah, don't I'm, stereotype. Mel. Yeah, it might have shut-in girlfriends as well. Aww. That's true. It might happen. But it, uh, it doesn't though. But it's ne- It's a nice dream. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, so that's that's going to be happening in February and it's like I know that cool. Brendan's probably super excited because yeah. he's, he's biting his nails he's all about mm. demon souls <laughs> he's just, he's or he's just biting his nails <laughs> he's biting his nails he in that we tuned into what he was yeah. doing not, and he perked yeah. up not very even, quick not even paying attention to what we nope. said we could have said so much worse you <laughs> <laughs> gotta take advantage of that in the future no it, it was Goodness. more like just like as soon as he started talking about Bloodborne he was just like oh yeah. I'm getting nervous and started biting his nails <laughs> yeah, or something because it's a hard game oh my god yeah. these games are usually so so hard right now um, that's why I haven't played them yeah actually yeah. you would probably end up getting frustrated with like dying repeatedly I think that's like, pretty well guaranteed which is weird because I don't mind that when it's like Donkey Kong or an old school one mm-hmm. but if it's one where I gotta level up and have experience and so forth oh man I get I get tired if you burst out of a close by barrel it doesn't bother you that's well, the worst yeah, part because it's yeah. instant gratification yeah. even yeah. though it's instant death that is that is the worst part of like you know the demons and dark souls games is when you've accumulated all of that experience that you haven't yep. yet redeemed and then you die exactly. and you lose it okay. and it's like oh my god it's all gone because i died the game really really punishes you for making mistakes and that's so it's just why like, I, don't do it i don't care yeah. for that yeah so that's a lot of the big news that we've got coming cool. out. Of I got a bunch TGS, of news so that we can discuss. Yeah, because you were at TIFF. Not this is not even not, related. To not that. gawking at celebrities. We're not even there yet. Because so. all right, again, I still feel kind of hurt about that. Yeah. I'm not ready to talk about it yet. <laughs> okay. So all right, so I got some interesting news. Uh, first up, uh, this, actually, this is kind of TIFF related because this happened at the film festival. Uh, John Travolta was interviewed, and oh, someone God. asked him if he regretted making Battlefield Earth, and he said, "No, absolutely not. I think it's a beautiful film and misunderstood." Wait, wait, which one's Battlefield Earth? That's the uh, Scientology the one. Based Frank on the Frank L. Hubbard On the L. Yeah. L. Hubbard movie. Novel. Where he played yeah. the eight-foot alien with dreadlocks. Yeah. 
I feel like I should know this. It just well, you should because it's one of the worst movies ever made, notoriously so. Well, you know, the novel itself is not exactly like the height of science fiction sure. literature itself. There's no so. doubt in my mind. Like, I haven't seen the movie, but I did actually read oh, Battlefield boy. Earth. I Ooh. read the original novel. It's, I, I can't know. imagine. I, I saw the movie, and I can't imagine spending any more time than that's two hours, and I wasted them. They were horrible. So yeah, um, it's so, not very. It's not very Scientology ish. No, the, not, not not the novel. No, the original not. novel. Is, I don't know about the movie, it, but the novel by, was it's not. not. No, it's just by but virtue, it is by, by virtue of the fact yeah. that it's by L. Ron Hubbard yeah. and John Travolta. You yeah. can't help not make that connection. Yeah, exactly. And also, um, it's amusing as an anyone who's not part of Scientology and finds it uh, silly uh, to watch that movie and be like this. Nope, never the, saw the, the mind who created this vision created mm-hmm. this religion yep. that all these idiots are into. Yeah. So anyway, that's just confirmation that John Travolta is insane. And, uh, yeah. oh, and it's confirmation that Dan Aykroyd is insane. He also said this week that uh, as opposed to just simply making Ghostbusters 3, he's actually hoping to make an entire Marvel-style Ghostbusters universe. Yeah, I saw that. And perhaps even exploring the Ghostbusters as children and high schoolers. No, please. Because um, they weren't busting ghosts back then. It'd be boring. Yeah, well, he's a confirmed lunatic. And I think he just, at this point, the only time anyone wants to talk to him is to talk to him about Ghostbusters. <laughs> so he gets attention? Just, he wants to perpetuate it as much as possible. Yeah, definitely. So he just wants to take our blissful childhood memories and retcon them Pretty into yeah. oblivion. Pretty much. Because yeah. other than working on these failed Ghostbusters sequels, all he really does is write books about aliens and tour and talk about our connection with aliens and uh, the supernatural. Wow, so him and Eric Von Daniken, just he's, like, you know, bosom buddies. He's like, a man with problems. Two peas in a pod. He's a man with many problems. But... Okay. On good in good goose good, good goose Phil behave yourself on uh, on good news about Ghostbusters, Krispy uh, Kreme will be releasing Ghostbusters themed donuts for the entire month of October. Um, one <laughs> looks like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. The other has the Ghostbuster symbol with slime on it. Both of them are filled with liquid marshmallow as opposed to cream. How does is that here and in the states or just the states? Hell's yeah. Or, okay. Sure. Do we have Krispy Kremes? We do. We do. Canada? There's one we in do? the annex that I'll be going to next week. There's one October. down the street at uh, Kiel Station. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. It's at the gas station. It's All right. Okay. Oh, very cool. All well, right. Anyway, I will be rushing out to get these. Um, it's very exciting. I know. I'm a little afraid because after I had that Oreo donut, which was delicious from Tim Hortons, yeah. it makes me feel very nauseous. Oh, yeah. You know, you don't want to have too many. Definitely not. No, I but have I one. Have, and I have to have one Ghostbusters marshmallow-filled donut. That's just know, it might be good. It would be outrageous not to. Absolutely outrageous. So yeah, good and bad news. Ghostbusters news this week. Um, these are two very, very loosely not at all connected, but I connected them in my mind. Stories. First up, the new James Bond movie is going to start shooting in December. Is it still with? Um... It's with Mendes. It's with the same writers as Skyfall. Other than that, there has been. Uh... <laughs> You're like picking at your fingers with the scissors. I'm just waiting for you to cut something off. Making me very paranoid at the end of the table. I'm sorry, Phil. I just That's okay. Yes, put the scissors down. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so yeah, so they're going to start shooting on that. They haven't announced a story. They haven't announced a villain. But it's and happened. it's it's, it's still the same actor as Bond. He's, yep. he's still in it. Daniel okay. Craig. Okay. The whole the whole Skyfall team's coming back. I All think right. they might even be getting Adele to do the theme again. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't be the first time it's happened. She yeah. did a good theme. Yeah. That's the only she part did. of that movie I liked. Oh, that was a great movie, Mal. You're crazy. See? Different taste. You just don't... What, do you not like James Bond movies? I don't. Okay, well then give me a break. You can't pro- I've only seen two of them and I don't like them. You can't properly judge a James Bond movie if you don't enjoy them. No. That's just ridiculous. I looked at it as an action movie and it was horrible. It's a spy movie. I like spy movies, just yeah. not James Bond. Not not even like Is original a, Sean Connery or like James Bond. Like I've never seen it. You, you only live twice. You've never seen You Only Live Twice. Great one. Oh my god. Okay. And uh, Goldfinger classic. Yeah. What's the other Bond yeah, movie? Like, that you saw? Goldfinger, well, the you know you expect me to live or you expect me to talk line. You amazing. just you've wow you missed out on the you, ex- yeah. you expect me to talk line from Goldfinger. That's yeah. fine. I'm sad. I think I live without okay. it. Well, what what Bond? What's the other? Bond I saw movie Skyfall and one that Pierce Brosnan was in. Which one? There were a lot of them. They were all yeah, awful, were probably. Yeah. Um, oh, there was one gold. One. I think there's a lot of snow. Golden eye. Ice. Again, you're not giving me any help at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like snow in a James Bond movie is pretty par for course. Is it? Because so, uh, yeah. the, the 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 one with uh, Daniel Craig didn't see the snow in it. Skyfall. Yeah, I didn't see yeah, snow. That's true. There wasn't. That there's was beach. One of the yeah. many ways. It's like you know, it's like the, the, the living daylights with Roger Moore opened in like <laughs> the Arctic. That was, that was just like you know a pure yep. snow sequence Your right there. Majesty's Secret Service yep. was pretty well exclusively in the snow. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it had know. Diana Rigg in it. I don't so think that I was like amazing. I don't think I like James even if George movies. Lazenby wasn't really all that great. But I thought think. he was okay. Mm. I mean, he was okay. He's not as bad as he gets. Crying. I don't think there's been a horrible Bond yet. Yeah. 
Connery. But he was no Sean Connery. He's no Sean Connery, but that movie's better than most of those old movies. Yeah, that's true. I'm that's the like awkward a, thing about yeah. it, is if you put Sean Connery in that, that's probably the best Sean Connery Bond movie. But it would have been. Lazenby, yeah. it's kind of like awkwardly yeah. remembered. But yes, if Connery had been in that, that would have been like the probably best James the best Bond one. movie ever yeah, made. Probably would have been the best one. I don't think I like Skyfall because I always equated that James Bond was um, good at saving people. Well, that's the problem with Skyfall. Is that Skyfall he didn't is, save some people well, he could have saved. And well, I was like, well, what the hell, man? That's the thing with Skyfall is it's all like references and playing with the James Bond formula. Mm. So if you don't know the James Bond formula, and I don't. you can't really appreciate that now, can you? It's I'd like rather watching watch Bride Taken. of Chucky without watching the previous Chucky movies. And you don't have to watch the previous. Bride Chucky's the best one. I suggest you start there. No, no. <laughs> you should know who. You got to know who Chucky is and that whole world is. They always play with go it. over okay, that. Okay, then it's like uh, watching Freddy versus Jason without knowing who either Freddy or Jason are. Yeah. That's true. That'll That's give true. you. Yeah. That'll what are you going to get out yeah. of that? Awesomeness. Yeah. Still great, don't one. get me wrong. But uh, I don't. James Bond just doesn't he's... appeal to me. I like, you know, Mission Impossible and stuff, yeah. but I did not like James Bond. I mean, Bond. It's, it's just as bad as, like, you know, jumping into, like, you know, the brand new Star Trek movie without knowing anything about Star Trek. Oh, no, wait, that was the whole point of the brand new Star yep. Trek movie yep, was yep. to be yep. able to do that. So. So, new and, generation. And, and then the vaguely related story that comes on that is that uh, also this week, uh, Paul Greengrass and Matt Damon announced they're going to get back together to do another uh, Bourne movie. Oh, that's right. This They've is been toying Bourne? with it for a long time. They didn't want to do it unless they had a story that was worth doing. So, they finally stumbled on said story. They're Born again. So. I can't wait. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. He comes wait. every fourth yeah. Second and third foreign movies were amazing. Okay. Yeah, they were amazing. And uh, they did a lot of bad uh, for action movie cinematography. Um, but those ones in particular, those work really well. And uh, they just, they... One of the few times when someone's tried to do, uh, like, bubblegum blockbuster and also include some level of social commentary and have it actually feel natural. Okay. I'll take your word for it since I've like never seen movies. any Bourne movies ever. I've avoided oh, every Bourne oh, movie, good. so I, I know nothing about they're them. Excellent. They're actually pretty good, okay. yeah. yeah. they're All excellent. Right. You should watch those immediately, Wayne. Okay. I'll bring the Blu-rays in. What, what are they? I mean, it's like, I know action. they're action movies. No, so it's, it's a spy movie where the concept is that, uh, like, in the first one, Jason Bourne wakes up and uh, in the middle of the ocean, and he has no memory, he has no idea who he is. But he has uh, can speak in pretty much every language. He can beat up anyone in pretty much any way. Has every skill imaginable and finds a key to a lockbox that has uh, a big bag of cash and uh, passports to every country. Mm -hmm. So he knows he's some sort of government operative, doesn't know why, and it's about him trying to figure out what happens while also uh, dodging other super spies like him. Okay, it's amazing. You genuinely love it. Why? Why did you avoid them? Well, because it was just like you know seemed like you know another big dumb action movie and no. it's like oh there's no science fiction in here so i'm not gonna watch it no, there so. is actually Wait, a bit of science okay. fiction do you not like action movies uh i do not watch as many of them as other people hmm. um that usually if i find out that something is in a contemporary setting and i'm like oh okay not a fantasy or a science fiction movie then i tend to like you know deprioritize it because i'm not really big on modern day stuff i'd okay. rather just see stuff that takes place on another world or in the far-flung future or you know middle earth or whatever but um yeah i tend not, not to watch day, a, yeah. yeah yeah unless All it's like right, something then. really really warped and twisted like twin peaks where you know they yeah. say it's like david but lynch is like set in modern day that is a fantasy that's ridiculous well okay count right. at all but yeah. nice try <laughs> i mean it was, it was just like yeah. you would really like these i'll all bring right. them in for you you'll see okay yeah anyway so that's are they as good as planet of the apes <laughs> Um, <laughs> which Planet of the Apes? Uh, which one was the one with the uh, riot? <laughs> uh, Battle for the Planet. Battle of the for Apes? the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, mm, yeah, I'd say like, the best okay. ones are. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, that's good news. Um, also, they announced that uh, Skull Island, the uh, King Kong movie with the legendaries doing, uh, Tom Hiddleston going to star in that. Oh, okay. No. Yep. Context as to how or why, but still interesting. Tom mm-hmm. Hiddleston versus uh, King Kong, and it's going to be directed by Jordan Voight Ro- uh, Roberts, which is bizarre because his only film that he's made was a coming of age stand by me style comedy that came out last summer called Kings of Summer, which was good, but in no way suggested his affinity for directing gigantic ape versus yeah, exactly. dinosaur like, battles that one would assume yeah. the Skull Island movie is going to be based yeah. in primarily. Like Gareth Edwards on Godzilla, that made that has Perfect a little sense. more logic behind sense. it than this, so yeah. He's an choice, but a talented dude, and Hiddleston, obviously, amazing actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Wait, probably, have you seen Thor? I saw the first Thor movie. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. I did not see the second one. Did you see Avengers? Yeah, I saw the okay. Avengers. Yeah. Just being sure. Yeah. Yeah, then they have 
fantasy and yeah. shit. Yeah, you never know with him. Yeah. I know. I, did, I didn't see those movies <laughs> with the guy that dresses up like a bat and beats up criminals. I don't care about that. Whatever Screw those that movies, is. right? Yeah. You're an asshole, yeah. man. So the next one, you're not. You're a good guy. Um, the, the next thing, uh, Andrew Garfield, also um, when doing uh, interviews in uh, Toronto, said that... Uh, the studio fucked up Amazing Spider-Man 2 blamed it entirely on them said there was at one point a wonderful screenplay that slowly got diluted and destroyed and, that's and this is a surprise to that. no one okay no it's not a surprise to anyone it's weird that he would say it yeah um, that's it shows, actually quite bold well yeah. it shows how lost that series is that mm-hmm. the guy playing Spider-Man really doesn't care if he gets fired by Sony mm-hmm. for making fun of Sony because that's just a big hot pile of garbage that they've got uh, going around there and also I don't buy it because everything I've heard that didn't make it into the script was worse so okay, I think yeah. So I think it was ruined it many many ways. Could simply be that times. he has no taste himself, and yeah, uh, or or that he you know when reading the script imagined a movie that would never actually have been made. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, it was just interesting to hear that that's how bad, how toxic the uh, okay, opinion mean, of those Spider Man. I still haven't seen the second movie. That so. Even Andrew Garfield Spider Man himself is talking about. Yeah, actually, uh, Tobey Maguire would never be sitting there like dissing. His Spider-Man movies. No, even he didn't the even make one. fun of Spider-Man three. Yeah, and uh, and he had every he right had, to, absolutely yeah. every right. So, um, yeah. although I still like that crazy dark Peter Parker dance number that they had yeah. in there, that was just so whacked if out. He hadn't I had, laughed. If he hadn't had the emo haircut, I would have yeah. gone for it, but that was too distracting. I just laughed and laughed. I don't think I was supposed to be laughing, but I was anyway. So I found that part hilariously un- entertaining, unsettling, yeah. unsettling. Um, and finally, last news story, which I think you'll be very excited about, Wayne. Uh, Amazon has announced that they're going to make a new... They're going to revive the Tick TV show. Okay. And still yep. starring Patrick Warner. Are they Patrick. still in decent shape to return to the Tick TV um, series? Well, because they, it's been a few years. Well, they haven't necessarily said if the entire cast is going to return. Okay. Uh, the Tick creator is in charge of it. All right. Um, he's making it happen. Okay. Um, it's going to be live action, and it's going to have Tick-style humor. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Warburn... He's still in shape. ...has said he hasn't been contacted, but he'd still love to do it. Um, I thought he So said, he might. He was yeah. kind of perfect for it. And yeah, they, when, they, uh, when the news first broke, they yeah. said he was going to return. Uh, yeah, he subsequently commented on it and said he hadn't actually heard anything. But he'd like to do it. 100% would love to do it. Which he's free to do now because Rules of Engagement just ended. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think it would... I, I think you could still do it with him. I mean, Tick is just kind of like, you know, walks through things and destroys them, mm-hmm. right? Like, you don't need a guy who's super in shape. He'd be wearing a big rubber suit. Yeah. He'll make it look like. But he's I mean, a it's like you know, dude. still he, he can't really be too obese, for example. He's for not that. obese. He's not obese. Okay, he's fairly so. in shape. All right. Okay. Because yeah, I mean, you're right. He's wearing a muscle suit, but you know, yeah. Yeah. Just guess, and also yeah. the like Tick TV series wasn't super action based. It was That's mostly true. like character based. Yeah. Um, which really Tick always was, even even the cartoon and the comics. It was yeah. more of a satire than a. Oh yeah, I mean it, it was totally story. making fun of comic books. For sure, for sure. But anyway, like, I'm super excited yeah, about this. I've always loved the Tick. Mm-hmm. Now is the time for the Tick to actually be popular. Yeah. People know who Patrick Warburton is now. People, everyone, you can't find anyone that doesn't understand the basic tenets of comic book mythos, superhero mythos. So. Yeah. I can't friggin' wait, to be perfectly honest and with you. And just like, you know, the horrible puns that they had in of the course. Tick. Yeah, the Spoon horrible, horrible so puns. Far? Spoon, yeah. yeah. The cartoon, when they had, like, yeah, you know, this gigantic flood of, like, cloned Santa Clauses just, like, coming down this valley, and the Tick screamed out, oh, no, it's a Yuletide, <laughs> which oh, I thought, like, man. wow, that was just so bold Good in how time. awful that pun was. Oh, it's like, man. I, like slow golf clap to the writers for coming up with a pun that terrible and actually making it fit the situation that was just it's a yule tide didn't they have a villain named screwhead whose head was a screw yeah they did yeah and the chair who was like a guy who's a chair for a head Ah, uh, the yeah. tick's so great. It was, so I'm yeah. so excited for it to come back. I love that it's still the same guy. He's been doing the tick since he was 18. Um, and now, I said they've never made a tick movie, but aside from that, he will now have made it in every other possible form mm-hmm. of media. Um, it's a shame the tick game is so horrible, but beyond that, it's all good. Did you ever play the tick game? No, actually, I, I always saw Woo! it and was like, I'm going to pass because yeah, comic book no, games are usually pretty that. bad. It's a, never yeah. do that. Yeah. I was, you know, I was a child at the time. Oh, well, I saw right, tick yeah. on the cover. I thought it was going to be great. Thank mm-hmm. God it was a rental period. If I were okay, a yeah. child, I would have yeah. owned that sucker. Because, yeah, had you spent fifty nine ninety nine on that oh. and thought, I own this now, it then, you Broken know. my little heart. Yeah. All over the place, yeah. but no, I just rented it from Jumbo Video for the weekend and had okay. a shitty. Saturday. So yeah, no, no buyer's remorse for you because buyer's no. remorse is a terrible thing when it comes remorse. to games. Renter's remorse isn't that bad because yeah. you can just, as I did many a time, take it back to the store and say, oh, "This must be dusty. It doesn't work. Can I get something else?" Instead? Oh, okay. And uh, they always did. Little well, see, there's, there's no remorse there. Yeah. 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 You know, <laughs> little yeah. con artist, of course. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
So he won't. He doesn't like when we say he might be looking for celebrities, but he'll yeah. openly but admit he that he can't. Scamming video store yeah, clerks to get better games. Yeah, as a small child, I yeah. scan video clerks. I don't see the connection between that and being a sycoph- uh, sycophantic uh, celebrity obsessed douchebag, which I'm not. We didn't say you were Once celebrity again, obsessed. Those exact words were used. You held up a picture of me on video. You said horrible things, and I'm never going to forgive you. That's not. Wow, okay, so Phil basically just made his own story about mm-hmm. what happened. Mm-hmm. He's yep. just kind of like filling in the massive blanks that happened in no, between the podcast. No, I just I listened to the podcast. He I pictures knew. a news report with his picture, probably the worst picture we could have found of him. Yeah. And yeah. then just like celebrity obsessive underneath. Yeah. I listened to the podcast specifically because I knew you guys were going to slip up and say something horrible about me. And guess what happened? Took two weeks. I'll give you guys credit. <laughs> you held off. You were nice. Or even. You, you called me out yourself. the wrong name. Yeah, so now we're even. Still sorry about that. Now you can pick on Wayne. <laughs> oh, everybody picks on me. I'm used to it. So. <laughs> right. you're the As minority. a visible minority, yeah. I'm supposed to be picked on. Cause... All right. So that's it for news. Shall I talk about Tiff? Or are you guys going to give me a hard time for my choice to go to the film festival? Yeah, was maybe. it really I a mean, choice? You were clearly slacking with the celebrity yeah. stalking and all that sort of thing. I bet he has a little autograph book at home, yeah. all full of autographs. Yeah, you. yeah. Dare a little you. autograph book in home with you know that yeah. says, "Yes, I am Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> love Dustin Hoffman." If he's getting a love from Dustin yeah. Hoffman, that's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. People are, you know, or in actuality, I'm Michael Bay, not Steven Spielberg. But thanks for playing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Phil. Thank you. Um, yep, so I went to the film festival. I saw a bunch of things. Um, you saw a crap ton of stuff. Did you sleep at all? No, not really, no. Okay. I, I did the math, <gasps> and over the course of, um, I guess, 15 days, if I include like the when, when it all began, I watched 40 movies and did 12 <laughs> interviews and wrote 42,000 words. Did you okay. uh, sleep through some of the worst movies, maybe? No, I didn't fall asleep in any movies. I, um, I've done it enough now that I, I was able to schedule my... When I, came up with my screaming screaming my screening schedule actually like factored in being able to sleep and that's probably a good idea have meals and it was great <laughs> have meals we're gonna do that again next do they time. feed you at tiff uh there's a press room where they have sandwiches at lunchtime you can live off that and they and no because the press swarm them like burn. oh okay and you have to the be mob, there within right? a 15 minute window okay. where you were not getting those sandwiches so there were two days when i just happened to be there and got the sandwiches other than that i was just nice. uh, Eating whatever came my way. Some popcorn lunches, etc. Um, but anywho, that's not what I should be talking about. I should be talking about the movies. We like um, to learn about you too, Phil. What? We like to learn about you. Okay, what well, happens in your life. You got a little, little taste of me and my popcorn eating for lunch. Okay, so... Um, yeah, where to start? Uh, I mean, I guess uh, the two movies that, I, that I'll mention that I won't be talking about are The Guest and Tusk, both of which I quite like, both of which come out next week, so we're going to save that for then. Um, I guess I'll just... I pulled up my little tip award thing that I did for CGM that you guys should check out. Um, yeah, okay, so I'll just start... Yeah, so why don't I just go through those? The only thing well, that counts is the Bill Murray Award anyway. The Bill Murray Award. And the one that wasn't on was the Simon Pegg, and I went, you said it was awful, right? Yeah, the Simon Pegg movie's horrible. Okay. I didn't want it to be horrible. I went wanting to love it because it's Simon Pegg, but he plays... Is it funny? No, he plays oh. a therapist who is a depressed therapist, and he wants to find out what makes people happy. So he tours the world to meet people in different cultures and ask them what makes them happy. Does that sound like a good movie to you, Mel? Maybe a good documentary. That sounds like an interesting movie. You know, I think it'd be a good documentary. But not a Simon Pegg movie. That's horrible, guys. Okay. Don't do it. Don't do it. Nothing made me... It made me sad. I love that guy. I want him to make something good. He didn't do it this time. But he's not responsible for it. He didn't write it. He was just in it. I hope he got well paid. So, um, yeah, the movie that I picked as the best film um, was uh, Nightcrawler. Uh, yeah, he looks scary. Yeah, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal... He looks like... As a, a, a complete and other sociopath who gets a job... Uh, basically, is a, a, a freelance videographer who drives around Los Angeles with a, at night with a police scanner, looking for car accidents and drug busts and people getting shot, to film grizzly footage and sell it to local news stations who pay a bundle for it. He looks like for, for ratings. Hmm. Um, he play, yeah, he plays a total sociopath yeah. in it. Um, he's introduced to the job by Bill Paxton, which is always great. To see Bill Paxton. And uh, what I loved about it is it's very darkly, caustically funny, and more important, it is not a movie where there's any sort of redemption or where all the characters come together and decide that they're going to, you know, become ethical and moral people. 
Um, it's about a collection of monsters eating each other to survive, and it is great. So, yep, um, dark, bitter, very, very much felt like a 70s character study, like a taxi driver or oh, something okay. like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, Gyllenhaal's fantastic. He's sunken eyes. Yeah, he looks been horrible. Like, to play a crazy person. Scary and, for uh, him. it was great to see him actually do it. And it was great to see it, especially be at the center of a movie, had not have him play a villain or something like that, actually have him carry a movie as a disturbed sociopath. And, uh, yeah, I highly, highly, highly recommend that. Um, probably talk about that when that comes out. Um, I believe it comes out in October, so we'll get into detail okay. there. But, Custom time. Okay. But, uh, yeah, definitely something really to look forward to. That was, the, that was my favorite film that I saw at the festival. And really interesting, uh, morbid media satire slash thriller uh, with an excellent uh, Hall performance. Next up, Shrew's Nest. This was a weird one. This is a uh, Spanish horror film. About a uh, two sisters, uh, one of whom is extremely agoraphobic to the point where if she tries to leave her apartment, she'll vomit. So she just stays inside where she's sort of rolled her sister with a iron fist. There's a lot of animations about a very abusive childhood that led to both of them being in this state. And then one day, a guy who's one of her neighbors falls down the stairs, knocks on her door because he's got a broken leg and extreme pain. She, dra- she drags him into the apartment to try and help heal him and then refuses to let him go. And then things get far crazier and intense from there. Um, it's kind of a misery-type uh, horror film, um, but in a far more perverse and graphic Spanish uh, foreign language Even way. Even more graphic? Okay. Yeah. All right. Absolutely more graphic, yeah. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it was just a really, like, claustrophobic, creepy, you know, movie that you feel like you're watching a drama until you're most certainly in a horror film. And uh, it was really twisted and, and nasty. I, I hope... It's one of those movies where, you know, it, it could come out in North America in a month. It could never come out here. Mm-hmm. But I really hope it gets some sort of distribution here because it was a really, really, really interesting bit of work and some fantastic performances. And just that, uh, yeah, you don't normally... See, you don't see that type of um, uh, sort of psychological horror mm-hmm. film done this effectively or consistently lately, so... Yeah, that was fantastic. Really loved that one. Uh, what else we got here? Ooh, Takashi Miki. He had oh, a new movie. Okay, new yes. horror movie. Or, new over movie. Your Dead okay. Body. Like all Takashi horror, uh, Miki horror movies. Like all. Like Audition. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh, 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 Ichi the Killer kind of had some horror. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. I just mean yeah. in terms of the, the comparison I'm making with this movie. Okay. is to Audition in that for an hour I was like, whew. It sure is taking a long time. Oh, okay. And then the last half hour, I was like, like holy oh, crap, I can't unsee okay. this. Yeah. Okay. So it was it was fantastic. Um, really felt like a return to form for him. Um, I mean, it's weird to say that about a guy who makes two, three movies a year, but uh, he hasn't done a straight horror film in a while. Although I was looking at his recent movies that hadn't been released in North America, and there was one I really want to see. can't think of the name of it right now, but it was about a teacher who uh, kills the high school bullies in the school. Um which looked great. It was well, like, yeah, it was. That like, sounds like a movie I would really enjoy. Yeah, it was. So. It was like. Um, so this teacher is killing jocks. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, well, no, okay, I'm all on board with no, this but movie. What, then, but he was so. also like, um, it was like a series of killing. It like basically was like um, Dead Poet Society, mm-hmm. except teenagers are dying, and you eventually find out that the inspirational Robin Williams teacher is the one killing them. That sounds amazing. Love it. Yeah, I really have to I watch know, this movie. I know. Now. I okay. got to see. It. It's like yeah. Dead Poet Society meets Battle Royale or something. Mm-hmm. Looks great. But anyway, that's not the one I saw. The one I saw is over here at Bowdy. It was about a theatrical company putting on a classic uh, re- Japanese revenge uh, ghost story play and um, really elaborate, ornate production that uh, Miki stage looked kind of beautiful. And then at the same time, it sort of deals with the backstage antics and as time goes on, uh, the characters start mirror the actors start mirroring the characters in the play and eventually they either have gone psychotic or they're actual ghosts, but body parts are getting lopped off and it's wild. And the audience is totally unaware. It's wild, yeah. They just think that this is a great show. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that's no. Not like, no this is entirely backstage. Okay. It's not like there's one performance happening live. Okay. These people are like preparing, getting, mounting the show, <laughs> and as it's mounting it, their backstage lives start getting oh, deeply right. twisted okay. and confused. So, yeah, that was a good time. Um, as I said, a little slow, but 100% worth it when the shit hits the fan, and boy, does it ever. Oh, slow burn movies are like, yeah. I, I yeah. like it when people take the time to draw things out like that. And, you yeah, know, when you do it properly, and, yeah, for, sure, it and, yeah. for sure. For sure, it's totally worth it. Cause it if makes, is, you do it properly. Yes, yeah. exactly. A lot like of with the audition, because, yeah, the, yeah. the audition, that was audition. definitely a slow burn, but when they get to the final sequences, yeah. 
those last few when minutes I first saw Audition, like it was actually I know. When I first saw Audition, I actually saw the film festival. I didn't know what it was other than it was a Japanese horror film. Oh, okay. And there was literally a point about 45 minutes in <laughs> where I was convinced I'd wandered into the wrong screening mm-hmm. or bought the ticket for the wrong movie, and I was in some crappy romantic comedy, and I was really bummed out. Yeah. And then things changed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I saw the next one on here is Spring, but that was kind of mediocre, so I don't really want to just... So I'll just skip that. We'll try to be positive about things right now. Foxcatcher, I'll skip that as well. Um... Well, I can talk. Do you guys want me to talk about Foxcatcher? Do you know what Foxcatcher Well, is? I saw your award. Wasn't it um, scary, but wasn't a horror movie? Yeah, creepy. It's not yeah. a horror movie. Yeah. yeah. It's a... Um, it, yeah, it's with uh, Channing Tatum and Steve Carell and Mark Ruffalo, and based on a true story about this uh, insane billionaire named John DuPont, who became super obsessed with these two uh, brothers who were Olympic gold uh, medal wrestlers, to the point where he um, invited them to come to his compound and train the Olympic team full time. Yeah. Even though, except that this is all real. Yeah, no, this is very this real. Actually yeah, happened. no, this is yeah. very real. So he invited them out, and then he started having getting very creepily close to one of the brothers, played by Channing Tatum. That got very uncomfortable. He eventually went away, and. Uh, the, like, um, the billionaire started having documentaries commissioned about what an amazing coach he was, even though he actually had nothing to do with coaching the team. And eventually he murdered uh, one of the brothers. Okay. I think that really happened. They, yeah, they made the movie about it. It was very, very creepy and darkly funny. And um, Steve Carell is like kind of terrifying in it, which is odd to even imagine because it's so far off what we're used to him seeing. Channing Tatum was fantastic at him, Mark Ruffalo. Was, is what he Mark always Ruffalo does. He's Ruffalo, always excellent. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a really, really... What I liked about it, I mean, it was a little bit slow, but I overall enjoyed it. And what I like about it is that it sort of presents itself as a very handsome and safe like Oscar drama, as we will be getting many of in the next few months. And it will get a lot of housewives and people who are unprepared for this type of story in the door. And then they'll be deeply upset. Yep. And, and I creeped enjoy out. Yes. Which, which they need to be and from I enjoy time that. to time. I enjoy yeah. that, that that will yeah. be happening. Cages them. should be rattled from time to time. So. Exactly. So that so that, that was a fun one, as, as fun as that story can be. Um, the editor. This one I loved, but... He, the, here's the problem with it, Dear. Both of you guys enjoy horror films, but are either are familiar with the Italian giallo genre of films? I'm only somewhat. I'm only familiar with the term, but I've never actually watched Lucio one of these Fulci, movies. Yeah. Mario Bava, okay, like Suspiria, or Suspiria, yeah. Deep yeah. Red, yeah, okay. um, Tenebrae. There are many. They're wonderful. Um, so basically, this is Astron Six. They're the people that did Manborg and did Father's Day. Uh, they make sort of trash movie parodies. Manborg. Um, so this is they they've done uh, an Italian giallo, which is fantastic because uh, those movies. The thing with those movies is they're beautifully constructed, look amazing, very surreal, wonderful music, but they have the worst dubbing you can imagine, terrible acting, and they. A lot of times they're described as being a work of surrealism, but really it's just they're kind of poorly written scripts. Um, so it's a weird combination okay. of that. So this was perfect for those guys. They're able to create like these really lush, lurid set pieces with gross gore, and then also play with deliberately bad dubbing, horrible acting, fake misogyny, everything you can imagine. As a fan of those Jalo movies, I was on the floor. Um, I think it's it should still be funny if you're not, just like Manborg. You know, it's silly. And silly. There's enough, like, bad movie grammar we're all used to that you'll mm-hmm. sort of get it even if you don't get mm-hmm. yeah. fully what it but is. But if you are familiar. If you like the Jalo movies, my God, did they ever nail it. And I got to interview the guys, and they, I could tell they were very relieved that I had known the movies they were making references to, and yeah, I told them. I specifically, there was one sequence in it that I can only describe as a campfire reverse rape that I knew was a hundred percent an homage to the uh, Franco Nero versus David Hess wrote epic hitchhike, and uh, they were big buddies with me when I when I caught them on that. So okay, I know that's meaningless for pretty much everyone listening. Mm-hmm. But if it means something to you, you check out the editor when it comes out because you're going to be knocked on your ass. So anyway, that's a blast. Really, really, really enjoyed that. Look forward to that. Uh, Tusk we're not talking about, as we discussed. The Cobbler, that was just garbage. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, and then Jerry Sa- uh, Chris Rock had a really funny comedy. Um, it was basically him playing himself, and he got Jerry Seinfeld to do scenes with strippers. Um, and I just was so pleased that he did Seinfeld with strippers. What else can you absolutely say? Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, there was a bit when he, um, uh, his wallet was stolen, and he was complaining to the management with a naked stripper next to him, and she's like, I don't even have pockets. Where could I have your wallet? And Seinfeld says, do I have to say it? <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's a new side of Seinfeld. Good job, Chris Rock. I really appreciate it. 
And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And it's just generally funny. If you enjoy Chris Rock, it's the first time I see him do a movie where it actually felt like his persona from a stand-up, which um, okay. was so exciting to see. And then the last thing, yes, I acknowledge that Bill Murray was in a movie, and he was Bill Murray, and that was wonderful because I adore Bill Murray. And uh, as does the rest of the world. Oh, yeah. he's the greatest. It's it's okay. Because um, it was Miss L- Melissa McCarthy. Right? Yes, with Melissa McCarthy. I like she her. She essentially so. is just doing the straight woman in the movie. Oh. Basically, what it is is it's like a bad news bears, bad Santa situation where a kid is stuck with a bad influence role model. In this case, Bill played Murray. by Mill Murray in a wonderful Bill Murray way. And for the first hour, when he's being taught uh, corrupt life lessons and behaving badly, it's wonderful. Uh, the last act, when all these comedies generally have a moment before the third act where um, a sort of sad, sentimental plot line is introduced so that they can all make nice and go yeah. home with a smile on her face and learn some real lessons. The problem with St. Vincent is they actually have four of them simultaneously, and it's just too much. Mm. Too, too much. But at the same time, Bill Murray's in it. He's doing Bill Murray things, and that's always good. So, yeah, that's that. That's Tiff. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else worth mentioning. That's still pretty amazing that you actually managed to encapsulate all of Tiff into those few movies. I tried. There's a ton more. Of course, there's, like, the documentaries and Absolutely. all of the Oscar nominees that, you know, are slowly being trundled Absolutely, out now in time yeah. for the season. But, but those, we don't, those we don't care big, about that stuff. Yeah, those are the big genre movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you did two articles. You did the annual awards, and you did the top ten I did, genre. Yes, I did. Oh, and there were yeah, there were other ones I saw too. I saw one um, that was a. Uh, I'm just going to say Scandinavian because I forget whether it's Swedish or Finnish, um, but it was called Cub, and it was about a group of Boy Scouts who go out to uh, the woods for Boy Scout activities, and um, the Scoutmasters start telling them stories about there's pro- there's a werewolf in these wolves, in these wolves, in these woods, basically to get the kids to sleep to like want to hide in their tents at night so that they can do teenage so the scoutmaster can do teenager activities one of the boys becomes so obsessed he goes around looking around he actually finds a feral boy with a wooden mask he's been living in the woods by himself for years uh in a gigantic tree house um just sort of drools can't communicate he's convinced that's the werewolf is actually a crazy feral boy and unfortunately that feral boy has a father who's much larger and likes to kill people um and then that turned into the type of old school woods bound slasher movie you would expect except with how old are these kids uh they're about the killing age uh i'd say nine to eleven okay so yeah it's like a woods bound slasher movie with children children at the center that's that's old school it was pretty wild it was pretty wild i was very impressed it was very dark and twisted and only 85 minutes long it shot through it was unpretentious it was a very good time um and uh yeah i think that's the only one that i didn't mention that was sort of a genre type film that i was able to catch there so that was good so, yep, yeah, it was a good time all around. We'll discuss uh, some of those in more detail as they come out as soon as next week when I'll discuss The Guest and Tusk, which were awesome. What was the best documentary you saw? Best documentary I saw. I actually only saw one documentary, but it was excellent. It was called Tales of the Grim Sleeper. Um, it was by Nicholas Broom- Nick Broomfield. I don't know if you guys know him. He did Biggie and Tupac and the Island Warhouse documentaries. Basically, he embarks on his documentaries. He holds a microphone. He has a cameraman. That's the entire crew. Okay. He picks some sort of subject um, and shows up knowing little about it, and the film is basically him meeting people, discovering what it is. And because it's such a small, unprofessional operation, he gets incredibly candid interviews with people, gets very mm-hmm. deep. This one was about... Grim Sleeper was a serial killer in, uh, in the african-american uh impoverished area of los angeles who from the 80s until the early 2000s um officially killed 25 uh crackheads slash prostitutes but the numbers are kind of incalculable because no Mm -hmm. one's quite sure how many he did uh nick broomfield said on the documentary thinking because he seemed like such a friendly guy and his neighbors talked so highly of him that he was probably going to go just to debunk that this was like a straw man that this wasn't actually the killer or maybe there was never one guy that did it um, as he ingratiates himself to the, to the community, he becomes, it becomes very clear that not only was this guy 100% the killer, the police knew he was the killer for years. They did nothing about it because the people being killed were impoverished uh, African yeah. women, uh, African American prostitutes and crackheads yeah. who they just didn't care about. It happens a lot when so prostitutes really get killed. Really horrifying, really mm-hmm. upsetting, but also very funny um, in that some of the people he meets, like he, very early on, as you'd expect, um, the that community is not particularly anxious to talk to this strange British man showing up asking all these bizarre questions about this horrible tragedy but he very quickly befriends an ex uh, crackhead slash prostitute who is just hilarious and she essentially takes over the movie and drives him around and they're like she'll 
bring hookers up to the car in the streets like, Adam, come on over, honey. These are my cousins from England. And gets and uh, gets them in, gets incredible access that you just never see. And you just hear horrible things like, for example, like in like after the killings had only been gone, going on for a few years in the 80s, one woman knew who it was, like it was picked up, got a, a police sketch that looked exactly like him and took the police uh, two doors from his house, got the house wrong by two doors but said, I think that's the house, but it's bright green. There was only one bright green house in the whole neighborhood, and the police never even knocked on the door to ask, even though this guy's garage was filled with photographs of Dead. horrible things. Wow. That done. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so that was... Woohoo, um, LAPD. Good job, boys. Yeah. yeah, so that was really horrifying. Really on but, the ball. But mm-hmm. uh, fascinating. That was a great play. So you didn't get to see the Miyazaki documentary? I didn't, no. Oh. I'm gonna, I was going to... A lot of stuff I just sort of prioritized based on time. Um, and uh, understandable because there's like a billion movies. Exactly, right? and that um, the Lightbox is going to do another Miyazaki retrospective ah. and uh, show that documentary, show the new movie, show all the movies. So I'm just going to wait, check that out. Now, my friends who'd seen some people who I talked to who had seen the last uh, Studio Ghibli production mm-hmm. said that it was actually like, help me with this. What was the name of the game where you played the sort of dog with the paintbrush on your tail? And it was Okami. 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 Yeah. Said it looks like Okami, where it looks hand painted mm-hmm. and the Ooh. like paint changes in the animation. So it sounds like a beautiful film. Um, but I did not see that. However, that's coming soon. So that's something for us all okay. to look forward to. Yep. yep. CGM um, outing. Yay! So that's Tiff. And then um, for I can also discuss this week's movie that I reviewed, um, which was A Walk Among the Tube Stones, which is the latest movie where uh, Liam Neeson kills people. Um, and this one he plays... A grizzled alcoholic private detective who's hired for a case um, where he's, he's called, called to a drug dealer's house. The drug dealer had had his wife kidnapped. I was say, was someone taken? No, he doesn't, sadly, no. But you just said someone was kidnapped. I know. So someone he, was taken. Uh, he was, but unfortunately they don't say it in the movie, so it doesn't count as a taken sequel. I apologize, uh. Mel. Um, so um, the, this drug dealer's wife was kidnapped. They asked for $100,000. He gave them $400,000. They gave him his wife back in about 65 Ziploc bags. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Liam Neeson is disgusted by the drug dealer because he's a recovering alcoholic, but he's more disgusted by these serial killers that are chopping people up. And it's actually a really creative concept where it's a series of killers who these, – these two guys who are going around specifically kidnapping relatives and loved ones of drug dealers – uh, knowing that A, they have money, and B, they would never involve the police because how could they ever explain this without losing their entire operation? Yeah. So it's a clever concept. The p- guys who play the killers who you see as well in a kind of vanishing like way, it's not really a mystery. You follow the stories in parallel. They're terrifying. Liam Neeson's excellent. The problem is about 20 minutes into the movie, Liam Neeson's doing some research in a public library, and he meets a precocious young teen who wants to draw comic books and is obsessed with Sam Spade and Philip Marlowe, and he decides he's going to help him out. So all of a sudden, Liam Neeson has a a small child buddy helping him solve this drug-dealing serial killer case, which is incredibly distracting and needlessly precious in what is otherwise a very like hard R-rated um, yeah, that thriller. sounds like that just went off the rails. It's totally out of place, okay. and that's not the only major problem. There's also um, the movie's uh, inexplicably set in 1999, and people talk about Y2K constantly, but it never factors in. Which is dated the story. and annoying. Yeah, yeah so. it's super dated, and and like I guess perhaps it was supposed to provide like some sort of apocalyptic atmosphere because no. there was that kind of feeling back mm, then. Yeah, but because no, no one, <laughs> we all know what happened with Y2K, yeah. which was nothing is meaningless and then the third thing is as I mentioned before he's in the 12 step program and they really lean on that to the point where during the big like action climax where there's a shootout and a bunch of really gross violent stuff going on they keep saying in voiceover the 12 step process and it's incredibly distracting and okay. horrible so unfortunately there are a number of major problems with this however um, the actual I'd say like about an hour of the two hour film is a really really good nasty dark police procedural slash serial killer movie um, it's just surrounded by a whole bunch of extraneous nonsense that ruins it. <laughs> um, so that's a bummer, but it's um, there's yeah, there's definitely good stuff there. Um, it's a shame that it was kind of watered down. Uh, the writer director is Scott Frank, who wrote um, Out of Sight and Get Shorty and Minority Report. Mm-hmm. He's a really talented writer, and he has a really good sense of it. And when it is just a straight up old school detective movie with Liam Neeson and these psychotic killers. It's solid, but unfortunately, it's only so half that. So where do you think this movie went wrong? Movie. I mean, was it like studio interference well, or just somebody with problem. a bizarre vision? That <laughs> just... Well, my the pro- it's based on a book. 
And oh, okay. that book well, then, is right. the, the first in the series of book about mm-hmm. this character. So okay. this was designed to launch a franchise. Yeah. So unfortunately, having not read that book, yeah. perhaps all that crap's in there. And it has to be in order exactly. to maintain loyalty exactly. to the source material. Okay. But at the same time, all of it is such... All of it is, is, is done in a way to soften the harshness of it. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't so it all felt at the same time like material that was sort of lent on mm-hmm. um, in a kind of studio watering down way. I can't say which one's true, but it's just a shame because they really had something and mm-hmm. they messed it up. Yeah, sounds like it. But That's it's not. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But I wouldn't like totally dismiss it um, if you like those kind of like grimy. 90s thrillers yeah, but it's deeply get, flawed yeah so, you'll so. get some kicks if you can like close and pl- uh, close your eyes and plug your ears whenever the kid comes on probably that seems time. like a deal breaker though and yeah, it's kind of yeah yeah so yeah all right so what's up yep that's all the movie talk i have okay do you have any game talk Mike? no because all i've been doing is like playing destiny all week because right. i was playing it last week for review so and we probably don't need to hear me talking about destiny yeah. some more it's been amazing though um See, this is the way. Have you been paying attention at all to the reception of Destiny? Not really. It's, I've been I've been in a yeah. bubble. Really yeah. Weird. Okay. So yeah, it's really really divided. It's like it's currently sitting at like seventy six on Metacritic. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's because it's like I think that a lot of the reviewers went in expecting this to be Halo, mm-hmm. and it's actually more Diablo than Halo. Aww. In that you know, it's basically about running around, killing stuff, getting loot going into the same dungeon doing it again hoping that you get better loot right and most of these people thought it was going to be like you know huge sci-fi action set pieces with you know it constantly being reinforced you are the savior of the universe and instead you don't get that instead you got like oh this gun is nice maybe if i go in again i'll get an even better gun and so so it's it's kind of weird i mean the game's already pulled in something like 325 million dollars in this first week so it's it's selling insanely well yeah but You've got this weird divided reception where the critics don't like it mm-hmm. and some of the gamers don't like it, but then a lot of the other gamers do like it. So there's all of these divided opinions right. on the game happening right now. Um, I myself, when I played the alpha and the beta, I knew this is going to be a loot game. Yeah. And so I came into it knowing that and I got what I was expecting. Yeah. So I really don't so have you enjoyed any, it. Yeah, I don't have any complaints in that regard. It's like anybody that likes and this is the thing. It's like Borderlands in that, you know, yeah. it's like this game is meant to be played with friends. More yeah. Destiny. So, yeah, if you play Borderlands by yourself, it's kind of a humdrum experience. Yes, like, uh, especially if you're running across sand. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of a humdrum experience when you play Borderlands by yourself. Destiny is exactly the same thing. Like, you know, Phil, if you were to try it, like, you know, if you were to just take the disc mm-hmm. in the office right now, which you could possibly do, mm. um, and, you know, it's like play it at home by yourself. Mm-hmm. You would probably think to yourself after a couple of hours, okay, I'm getting really freaking bored of this. Yeah. I know, but, man. Phil doesn't not, like but friends online. If you online hop number. on and you, you're in a team of three and it's like, you know, and Mello's there and I'm there and we're all going through the dungeon and we're poking fun at mistakes and laughing together and all that, then you'd be like, this game is actually awesome. What but, fantasy world are you living in that he's going to play a game yeah, with us online? I know, he might. He might. I will get my PlayStation account. Because unfortunately, there is no local multiplayer with this. It's, yeah. it's online, online only, yeah. Actually, yeah, you, yeah, you, you can't play without PlayStation Plus. You kind of need it. I'm not so. super into that. Um, that's too bad. But oh, well. yeah, it's it, it's it's How one does of those. It already things have over 180 re- awards. It, before it released. got a ton of or nominations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fine print. E3 nominations. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, but like you know, the, the weird thing about Destiny though is that it's just it's like dropping a review of Destiny now is kind of like you know dropping a review of an MMO after you've played it for a week it's like right. yeah, the Destiny it's really yeah the Destiny that people are going to be playing like you know six months or even three months from now is not the same game that people have been playing in the first week of launch so right, right, right. so you know it's like even with me it's like you know I wrote my review and all that but I'd only just finished the campaign and I've been doing a ton of stuff post campaign building up my character and there's like lots and lots of things to do and I was kind of like oh man I almost wish that I'd held off on my review and you know played even more of this stuff before committing to it because there's actually a lot of post-game content yeah. that uh, is not adequately covered in the whole okay I, you know watch the final boss go up the game must be over it's like no the game's not over after that there's like a ton more to do right so it has editorial written all over it yeah could be yeah right too Right on. Well, I I haven't been playing any games, but I have um, because I've been watching movies. But I had I did um, read an excellent uh, com- underrated comic book. Oh, um, what did you read? Well, during um, my fan-, fan expo this year, because it's been so long, I never got to talk about my fan expo experience, which it sounds like you hated. 
I always hate Fan Expo. Well, she got a Keyblade out of it, though. I did. Oh, that's good. You no, know, I didn't hate it this year as much as I hated it last year. Yeah, yeah. Because the Thursday night is actually quite nice. Because yeah. there are not that many people. You can shop. If you see something you want, definitely buy it on yeah. Thursday. Because it's not going to be there again by yeah. Sunday. See, I, I like when all the people are there and everything. It's such a surreal, bizarre experience. And I go into the talks and the whole... That's neither here nor there. <laughs> the whole point is, um, my main goal uh, in terms of buying stuff this year was... Um, I we've talked before. I'm a great fan of the uh, comic book writer Ed Brubaker, Fatal yep, Criminal, right. yeah. Daredevil. He um, his first uh, mainstream comic it was on Batman, um, but weirdly none of his Batman stuff has ever been collected in trades, um, which I found strange. Mm-hmm. And so I've been slowly collecting a lot of it. Part of the reason why they haven't done much of his uh, stuff in trades is that he sort of was at a time when they were doing year long events. So like there was one when Bruce Wayne was accused of murder that went on all year. So he was writing like one of five chapters in that right so you can't really compile that but I found out there was one he did that was a sort of his, he did a Batman epic before he left called Dead Reckoning um, which sort of combined a number of villains in a single plot the problem was he did it at the same time that Hush that uh, Jim oh. Lee okay yeah and so it kind of uh, got Jim overshadowed yeah. just a little yeah, yeah. exactly so because it was a similar style mm-hmm. sort of he did his in Detective Comics they did theirs in Batman it was sort of ignored but I'd, uh, I'd read a couple interesting things about it. I was determined to find it. I eventually found the six issues between five different vendors. Um, I got, wow. But I got them. I got them, and it was fan-friggin-tastic. Um, here's the basic plot outline for it, is that um, there's uh, this new villain knocking about, and all the uh, main major supervillains, uh, Joker, Scarecrow, Two-Face, um, Penguin, think the Riddler are uh, creeped out by it. Okay. Um, and right. you could tell something's going on. Batman you can tell there's a connection between the two so he slowly starts going around individually to investigate them, puts together the story piece by piece. The story is this. Um, there was a time when uh, the five, those five big cr- uh, super criminals that I just mentioned wanted to team up to get Batman together. Um, the key to the plan was having Two-Face be a part of it. Uh, Two-Face flipped a coin about whether or not he would join. Uh, the coin did not fall on the favorable side, so he refused to be it. So what they did instead was found this character actor in Gotham who, because Gotham has kind of indeterminate time period, he's basically like a Boris Karloff type. A Boris Karloff, Long Chaney type, who was in stage and then in, became a, a, cl- a movie monster in the movies and would make himself up. Mm-hmm. Uh, to look like a hunchback in Notre Dame or what have you. So they hired him to be Two-Face. Um, and uh, he, being a method actor, wanted to practice being Two-Face and enjoyed it so much that he started actually hiring Two-Face's men to go out with him and do crimes on his own just as an acting exercise. Okay. Two-Face heard about this. Two-Face right. wasn't thrilled. No. So Two-Face kidnapped him, tied him to a chair, tortured him for days, uh, slowly chopping up his face so it was scarred on both sides that he permanently looked like total Scarface Two-Face. Okay. At that point, the guy was near death. He gave the body to Scarecrow to dispose of. Scarecrow, instead of disposing of the body, uh, took it to his own lab to experiment on the body because he needs to experiment with his gases and experimented with a gas on him that uh, removed fear entirely from your system that was there for permanent. So the new villain, who is now going around hunting all the other villains who Batman had to stop, is a guy who has a torn-up monster face, um, is obsessed with monster movies, so acts like a monster, and has no fear. Hmm. It's pretty brilliant. Yeah, okay. It's very excellent. Um, I Sooner or later, though, this has got to get compiled into a trade, right? I mean, it's like, it's a Batman story. <laughs> it's been out for ten years, never yeah, has. So. Even though Ed Brubaker's become this massive writer, yeah. for whatever reason, That's bizarre. Um, DC's just sort of ignored it. And there's a lot of other, I found other awesome individual issues that mm-hmm. he wrote as well, that like you could easily put together 12 that mm-hmm. are I mean, I found one great one-shot book he did that was about... Um, a group of kids making a documentary um, for film school in Gotham about whether or not Batman's real and um, every, like interviewing Gordon and everyone denying it mm-hmm. and then eventually interviewing the Penguin and the Penguin uh, telling them to go to Arkham City uh, Arkham Asylum to ask people on a night when he knew that uh, the inmates were going to break out purely so that Batman would have to go in and save them and his cover would be blown by mm-hmm. this, these kid filmmakers which was a really cool concept that was fun and they did this awesome one shot it was called Gotham Noir. I think I've told you about it before. Yeah, okay. Um, there's like a film noir Elseworld story where uh, Jim Gordon is an alcoholic private detective who's been booted off the force. And uh, Selena Kyle runs the Kitty Cat Club and she hires him for a job. And eventually, uh, Batman's just sort of whispered about. And when uh, whenever Jim Gordon sees Batman, he's kind of drawn in this weird kind of expressionistic 
bizarre way where his cape seems to flow out like a liquid and eventually near the end of the story it turns out that uh, Batman never existed he was just a rumor created by Harvey Dent to keep criminals in line and Jim Gordon was actually hallucinating from all the booze <laughs> in the system and he was never <laughs> really hilarious. talking to Batman it was really cool he's done a lot of really awesome they, the only one that's in, currently in print is his uh, The Man Who Laughs a uh, which basically a sequel to year one that's the Joker origin story. Oh, okay. That's right. absolutely fantastic. But uh, Dead Reckoning was an absolute blast, and um, I highly recommend if you go to a comic book convention and want to buy six issues between five vendors, um, it's totally worth the effort. Um, and uh, I highly recommend it for fans of Edward Baker and for fans of Batman. Okay. Thank you, Phil. No problem, Mel. What was the Thank name you. of the one with the kids? Hmm? The kids that were doing the filming. Do you know the name of that one? It was called The Batman Project. It came out around the same time as The Blair Witch Project. That one sounds good. Yeah. I'll look that one up. I'll lend it to you. All right. I bought it at the There's so many Batman stories, it's hard to get track. All I read was like the Swamp Thing collection with um, uh, um, the American Gothic storyline. Oh, that's my favorite one. With, that one uh, and then the one afterwards with like heaven and all that yeah all that stuff like yeah that. So yeah, I, so yeah. I went and it builds up to the heaven hell climax which I found a little bit disappointing after uh, American yeah. Gothic being so good but American Gothic's priceless yeah. every single yeah. one of those that's amazing stuff. So. anyway I think we're getting the high hat yeah. we are who yep. paid attention just in time to tell us to shut up yes yeah. thank you Phil for the uh, extensive movie knowledge so much movie stuff oh my yeah. god <laughs> I tried thanks for uh, making fun of me we're glad to have you back I'm sure you are we are <laughs> I'm glad to be back guys I've missed you if you want to read Phil's top 10 of genre movies of TIFF or his annual TIFF awards of course you can check them out at cgmanagonline.com the, the Bill Murray award that's the most important yeah, for one Bill Murray-ness, yeah. for Bill Murray yes there's a Bill Murray all anybody cares about is the Bill Murray yeah, award absolutely and my review of uh, Walk Amongst the Two Stones is also up yes as of today Yep, 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 yep. And Wayne's review of Destiny is up, as well as a video of him playing Destiny. Yeah. So make sure you check Venus. that out. So, yeah, not not Earth on the Cosmodrome. Nope. I He's, went to Venus. He went to yeah. Venus. Yeah. There's a dirty pun in there somewhere. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah, baby, I've got it. No. So. <laughs> so that's, of course, at cgmagonline.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CGM+. I am Kixin Chaos. Wayne is Real Wayne Santos. Phil. At that Phil Brown and Brendan is B five twenty six. Of course, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash magazine where we just update Facebook stuff. You can also find us on Locker Dome. Search us because we're going to have a contest soon to give away like give away more Steam codes. Would you like free Steam games? Phil? Do you even use Steam, Phil? No, I don't use Steam. Never mind. I don't like not. PC gaming. I like a controller in my hands. I say and that I too, and then mind. I get yelled at by a bunch of people. Yeah, I don't, I don't listen to people, though. No. It yeah. is okay for Phil way. to not belong to the glorious PC Master Race. It's okay. Wait, how come it's, it's like, okay for Phil and not me? I don't, I, have, I don't belong to it either. Because I have a so. vast... Because I, I have so many other things I obsess over as a geek. Oh, right. you're, you're, yeah. you're video game-centric, so you got to be you got to embrace. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. And, of course, Google Plus at google.com slash little plus sign CGMag online. And that's it for us this week. Make sure you come back next week. Mm-hmm. And I'll be back so these bastards don't make fun of me.